Welcome everyone, my name is Patricia Rozvora and I'm the host of Kitchen Conversations, a platform to speak about contemporary art from so-called Eastern Europe. In each episode, you're going to be introduced to one artist, sometimes also a collective, whose visual or activist practice sheds light onto the complex former socialist region, with all its histories, cultures, languages, foods, but also traumas and their inevitable contemporary consequences. The podcast is a fully independent platform existing since May 2020. If you enjoy the monthly conversations, you can support me via Patreon or share the episodes with your friends or via social channels. Welcome back, everyone. Hope you're doing well, despite this kind of grayness outside of our windows. That, of course, uh, depends on uh, where uh, you live and where you're listening from. Perhaps you're at the other side of the world from me, and there you have beautiful uh, sun outside of your window here in Berlin. It's gray since about... Uh, two months, so I haven't seen sun for very long. This kind of uh, was a little bit tough on me, I have to say. It's difficult to wake up and kind of find the motivation to create. I do have a lot of ideas uh, for this year, but I feel uh, my kind of motivation is a little bit slower. Therefore, I thought podcasting is always a, a good moment to kind of get back the energy since I want to share with you uh, stuff I know and stuff uh, I think is important and that's why I decided to create uh, once again the solo episode I started with those already last year just at the beginning of the full-scale invasion war uh, Russia's war on Ukraine uh, created uh, four of those episodes for Ukraine where I speak about the culture and arts of Ukraine to kind of um, invite you to research further and get interested in the literature films visual arts from Ukraine and by Ukrainian artists and this episode will also have this format yet for this one I didn't ask anyone to give me the recommendations but you will hear my own recommendations and uh, we will stay in the genre of film since I think the winter months definitely provide the mood and vibe for cinema and for being kind of comfy on your sofa and watching something under the blanket and with a cup of uh, tea. My first recommendation for you today is a short film titled The Fall of Lenin by Ukrainian filmmaker Svetlana Shymko. The film uh, is uh, from 2017 and it's only 11 minutes long. It's a short, um, experimental, uh, very funny actually, uh, documentary uh, working with the photomontage. So most of the material or even 
all of it is uh, archival footage that is put together. And uh, I saw, I was lucky to see the film a uh, couple of weeks ago here in Berlin in Kino Arsenal, that's the Institute for Film and Video Art here in the city. And the filmmaker Svetlana Shimko was there. She was also shortly introducing the film uh, before. What was striking uh, to me uh, and to the audience, after a short introduction of the film, she also uh, introduced uh, the editor of the film, Victor Onisko, who as she said, is a big part of the film since in the photo montage, of course, uh, the editor's hand is very, very important, as important as the director's. Uh, she said she would love him to be there and introduce the film uh, together with her, but unfortunately he died in the war, in the current uh, war in Ukraine a couple of months ago, and he cannot be uh, here to present the film, of course, it was a very shocking message and kind of a reality check, uh, I think, for us uh, being safe in a cinema space that the war is still going on. And despite the fact that the film is actually uh, quite humorous and quite lightweight uh, in contrast to the topic of uh, the work, I thought it was uh, very important that Svetlana told us about Victor and of course the whole screening was dedicated to him and to many other people who currently are fighting for the freedom of Ukraine and for democracy and um, I think it's fair to say for the freedom of uh, Europe. The film, as the title indicates, speaks about the fall of Lenin and more precisely the fall of the Lenin sculptures and the monuments that were put across the Soviet Union and the satellite states, so of course Poland as well and East Germany. You can still uh, see uh, some of the remnants of it here in Berlin uh, to glorify, of course, uh, the founding father of the Soviet Union, Vladimir Lenin. Uh, later, after uh, the fall of the Soviet Union, most of uh, the countries decided to kind of destroy the monuments or do something else with them. Like here, for example, uh, in Berlin, a lot of the problematic monuments got placed in Citadel Spandau. That's uh, like a place to the forgotten and unwanted and problematic monuments. So actually, it's quite exciting. I was there. It's like a big uh, museum for uh, the sculptures um, that shouldn't be seen in public spaces anymore. The cancelled sculptures, we could say. And so in Ukraine, somehow a lot of those uh, monuments to Lenin still remained in public spaces. And as told by the director Svetlana Shimko before the screening, it wasn't only the big uh, cities, but also smaller cities, also villages, towns, thousands of monuments uh, to Lenin all across Ukraine. But then uh, in 2015, so that's the period of the Maidan revolution, of the annexation of Crimea, of the beginning actually of this war that is now going on um, that started in Donbass in the eastern region of Ukraine uh, the Ukrainian government uh, launched a law uh, that was supposed to demolish all those monuments so all the Lenins in the whole country were supposed to uh, go to the ground 
So inspired by the decommunization law in Ukraine, which of course also opens the topic of why was it called decommunization and not de-Sovietization, uh, right? That was also addressed by Svitlana before the movie or after, I don't remember anymore. Uh, but uh, she and of course uh, Victor as well, the editor, uh, use uh, various archival images from those monuments uh, falling or being destroyed, uh, being smashed uh, by people people and combine them with archival uh, footage of those monuments being uh, built up and being revealed uh, to the society as something um, proud located in important squares, parks, streets. Funnily enough, there was some other archival footages used in this film uh, from another movie that I was already telling you about in episode four for Ukraine, a film uh, titled Enthusiasm, the Symphony of Donbass by Ziga Vertov, uh, where he shows the industrialization of uh, Eastern Ukraine uh, by uh, the Soviet Union and how people were basically uh, put to work and everything was taken away from them, uh, most importantly, a religion. So in the film, we see the destruction of religious towers, of religious icons, symbols, and these particular images are also uh, being used in the film The Fall of Lenin. The film speaks, of course, about, at least for me, about the ghosts of communism, uh, the ghost of socialism that is still hunting Eastern Europe uh, and at the moment uh, hunting Ukraine in a very murderous, uh, bloody way. And, of course, opens discussion about monuments that is very relevant as well came up uh, with the Black Lives Matter and the fall of uh, monuments to various uh, colonial uh, leaders. Is it important uh, for us to actually smash uh, the stone sculptures? Uh, should we hide them or should we actually keep them as uh, a monument of history that shouldn't be repeated? Of course, it needs context. Uh, it needs information, it should be put in a specific uh, historical place and not be read as something current. Uh, yeah, maybe they do have to be smashed and destroyed. Uh, who knows? And I think Svetlana opens uh, this conversation in a quite lightweight and therefore accessible way. We raise the ghost of Vladimir Ilyich Lenin. What were you in your previous life? Angel. Vladimir Ilyich, I understand. It's nice to be an angel. Were you a good angel? No. But we'll treat you normally anyway. My second recommendation is a, a feature-length documentary film titled The Hamlet Syndrome uh, by two Polish uh, directors, Elvira Niewiera and Piotr Rosowowski, who are both uh, based here in Berlin. And I was lucky to see the film in a small uh, kind of underground uh, cinema uh, just um, 
next door to me, a kino crocodile uh, that uh, is actually specialized in Eastern European uh, films. So to be very honest with you, it was quite uh, tough to get into the movie. It is uh, made in Ukrainian and Russian and I watched it with German subtitles. And although I do speak German, actually it's the second language of mine, it is not so easy for me to read and write. I'm more familiar with like the spoken language. So it was quite a challenge to follow the subtitles. Also, the room was full. I sat kind of in the back. Five, ten minutes into the film, I decided to kind of take my stuff and sit in the corridor on the floor to be able to kind of see the subtitles. I'm also quite a short person, so that's always a bit the problem for me that uh, if there's subtitles and there's a lot of tall people in front of me, that's a bit hard. So yeah, after some time, uh, I got a bit more into the movie. And I have to say, at the end of it, uh, I was really mind blown uh, with the concept of it, uh, with the idea, with the research, uh, with the work being done, and also uh, with the ideas that uh, were brought forward uh, with this film. And I'm super happy that I can share it with you here. Both filmmakers were actually present and the screening and after the film, they shared quite some insights into the making of the film, into the research, into the individual characters who appear in the film. And the striking thing was that the whole research and the whole process started actually back in 2017 or 18. And... What the filmmakers wanted is to give platform uh, to the people who actually fought in the Donbass war and show uh, what uh, war does to people, show a bit the context of what is happening uh, in East Ukraine, why did people decide to fight in war or got drafted, how did it affect them psychologically, how did it affect uh, their relations with their family, friends, a very honest, uh, difficult and complex uh, portrait of war. So the whole genius, in my opinion, uh, about this film was that it was documenting a physical, uh, real theatre play. So the idea of the filmmakers uh, was to create a theatre play uh, where um, characters, uh, actors, but also just people who are comfortable with acting in some way, but slash documenting and reenacting their own characters will speak uh, about war in a very complex way. And how they argumented it was that only through art, uh, on stage and through a performative act, uh, you are able to really uh, get in touch uh, with the deepest feelings and speak about what uh, war actually does to one and uh, what uh, it changes in you, in your relations. Also speaking about uh, aspects of nationality, of history, of uh, social relations and so on and so on. Due to the pandemic and then, of course, the beginning of the full-scale war, uh, the premiere had to be postponed and it just uh, came out uh, at the end of 2022, the movie, and to the German cinemas just now. 
But the striking thing about it was that the filmmakers said they didn't change much, actually, of the content because uh, somehow it became so relevant and so applicable to the current situation, which is, of course, very scary. That is just an ongoing uh, thing and people just go again through the same. And many of the characters are now actually again at the front line fighting. Uh, this was, of course, also added at the beginning, at the end uh, of the film. But the whole inside, the whole content uh, was just the one that was filmed a couple of years ago. And it's, of course, pretty crazy that the film that was supposed to talk about the Donbass war and the conflict uh, in East Ukraine that, of course, affected the whole country and the whole region, uh, but nevertheless wasn't a full-scale uh, war on a sovereign country now it turned into a film about the war in Ukraine. And what was also quite memorable from uh, the evening was that at the end, after the screening and after the Q&A, uh, one of the filmmakers, Elvira, she played us uh, a video from one of the uh, actors, characters uh, of the film, because the audience was asking, yeah, how are the people doing? Um, are they yeah, basically still alive? I mean, you don't know now. Uh, in Ukraine, there is so many horrible things like uh, shelling, uh, bombing, uh, basically all the time. And she said, yeah, indeed, uh, we are in touch with those people because for all these years, we really developed uh, very strong bonds and connections. And we actually recently uh, got a video from one of the men who before uh, in Donbass was a medic and now again uh, is at the very front line is really still in the East Ukraine where it's really, uh, really, really uh, bad at the moment. And we saw this vlog of this man, like maybe five minutes in the cinema screen. Uh, yeah, I had to say it really, really uh, made a big impact on me. I thought maybe there was even a trigger warning needed. Although, yeah, I don't know, maybe we just need to be confronted uh, with, uh, with the reality of what is happening. But it was somehow different uh, to see kind of a phone made video in the cinema. It felt way more real than the film, although the film was also a documentary, where the man is basically yeah, telling how his day is. He just woke up. It's the morning. He's just telling uh, how he's kind of managing. He's a medic, so he's obviously seeing the worst. He's trying to uh, keep people alive, save them. But, of course, in the background, you hear bombs like falling every 10 seconds. Uh, really, really uh, scary. It gives you shivers. And I thought it was uh, powerful uh, and needed uh, to show this to people. Also to kind of, again, give us this reality check that something that is now a film uh, in cinemas, kind of as part of, let's say, the entertainment is actually someone's uh, reality and we are watching real people and real lives. The great thing was that the whole event was also a moment to donate money. Uh, both filmmakers and also the hosts uh, in the cinema were advocating for uh, donating for uh, energy supplies, for generators, for hospitals in Ukraine. So that was also uh, great that uh, film could bring so much in the form of content, uh, research, uh, stories, but also yeah, kind of connected to the now and to the current situation and also how we from here can actually help and support. Stay <laughs> 
ти стріляв? А що ти відчувала, коли ти стріляла? Якесь йобане мутмо, блядь, бігає нахуй зайчиком, блядь, коли мене війна, сука. Я не хочу! Не хочу! And last but not least, I have for you Infinity According to Florian, a documentary film made by Ukrainian uh, filmmaker and writer Oleksii Radinsky. So Oleksii is a Kiev-based uh, filmmaker, but also great uh, writer and critic. Uh, he writes a lot uh, in English, so check it out. I think his work is very important and relevant. And his film uh, premiered uh, last year, 2022, in the Rotterdam Film Festival. I actually had the chance uh, to interview uh, Oleksi on another podcast, which I will link uh, in the show notes if you're interested uh, for Pavilion. Uh, it's an institution, art institution in Poznan, in Poland. And I spoke um, to Oleksi about this film and about his practice at large. And I thought the film was really great and it has potential about looking at Ukraine and uh, in general at Europe through a different light uh, with different uh, modes of knowledge production and I thought uh, at the end of this short episode to tell you a little bit uh, about this film and encourage you uh, to watch it. Uh, so basically uh, as the title uh, tells us uh, the story is about Florian and Florian is uh, an artist, a musician, um, painter, uh, also a filmmaker architect, designer, all of it. And he is an old man at the moment the film is being made uh, who is trying to protect a very special architectural piece uh, in Kiev uh, that he built uh, during uh, the Soviet uh, times that is now uh, being taken over and is supposed to be implemented into a shopping mall district. So uh, the building he designed and created uh, back in the day uh, looks like a kind of spaceship and uh, it is colloquially called the flying saucer and Florian designed it with a very specific uh, purpose. He since always was fascinated with music and colors and uh, this building was supposed to be kind of a music hall where you could uh, listen to music and see color at the same time so the whole architecture of this space and the design of it was supposed to accommodate uh, these both things however now uh, the city is changing and there is powerful people with money coming who want to get uh, this flying saucer and use it uh, for um, money purpose of course And in the film, we see Florian uh, discussing with uh, these uh, entrepreneurs, with these powerful people. Uh, one of them, the, the leader, the main guy, is actually a Russian oligarch, uh, which, as um, Oleksi told me, is not anymore in Ukraine for obvious reasons, but for many years was actually uh, owning uh, a lot of parts, a lot of buildings uh, in Kiev. And uh, yeah, the film kind of shows uh, a different uh, idea idea of uh, what 
architecture is, of what the public space can be, how we should understand ourselves within the public space. Uh, Florian tells in a beautiful way how he sees us as humans in um, symbiosis with the environment, also with the urban environment, but also the ecological system at large. And I think there are so many beautiful uh, big ideas which we can take out of this film, out of the story of an older man who his whole life spent on building this amazing, very special construction that now is just uh, being taken over and turned uh, into a fancy uh, Western-looking shopping mall. Of course, I have to say the film was made uh, before uh, the full-scale uh, war, so you see Kiev as it was before. It might uh, yeah, be very uh, sad and uh, heavy, of course, for those, especially for those who are from Kiev. Uh, it was also filmed uh, before the pandemic and due to different reasons premiered uh, only uh, last year. But I think it does have this potential of looking for something that will come after, that will come after uh, the war, uh, that will give uh, Ukraine perhaps a new breeze uh, to build, to rebuild, uh, maybe on different values uh, than the Western capitalist one, then on this kind of weird uh, imitation and this kind of uh, resentment of always being like the, the younger brother or the younger sister, but using uh, thoughtful people, uh, people who lived through different times and have a lot to say, for example, like Florian, to think differently about a new Ukraine I thought um, at least that's what I took from this film and I definitely recommend you to watch it and take something out of it for yourselves And this was it for today. I hope at least one of the films uh, inspired you uh, to go watch it. I'm placing the trailers and the names, of course, uh, to the films, to the filmmakers in the show notes, as well as a few links of where to find uh, the movies online. I'm also recommending to check out the Kitchen Conversations cookbook, a collection of favorite home dishes recommended by the first 17 artists who appeared on the podcast. You can always uh, support my work here uh, with becoming a patron of Kitchen Conversations. It is very important because that's uh, actually the only way a small podcast like mine can get support and at least a tiny a little bit of money for the work uh, we are doing. And my podcast can be supported already from 250 per month, so that's uh, around a cappuccino per month. And if you are now listening on Spotify, please go uh, and rate my podcast. This really helps in kind of spreading it over this magical streaming platforms. I just managed to kind of bring this rating stars 
up on my profile so when enough people rate it actually appears and I have a five star rating which is amazing thank you so much for uh, doing so so for any uh, of you who is still listening on Spotify and didn't rate it yet uh, go do so and this will really really help me uh, grow this podcast as well in the meantime uh, stay healthy treat yourselves well and we hear each other soon